0: Storygram Network If you would like It's Not about Food podcast a week earlier and ad free, please support me on patreon.com forward/it's not about Food. For more information about my books, my work and my body love cards, you can go to my website at It'sNotAboutFood.com. This is Lori Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. We are going to be talking about the body love card, trust. And the front of the card has the goddess standing on her head, trusting that she will be held up by the world and the earth. And she doesn't even have her hands on the ground, so she is really on the tip top of her head. And it does symbol, like, trust that she's not going to just fall down or whatever. And her little dear animal is looking at her kind of upside down, too. And the back of the card reads, Trust is the knowing that our bodies are living intelligences, giving us immediate feedback about what does and doesn't work for us. When we stop viewing our bodies as something we need to control and manipulate, we can begin to see them as very wise teachers. When we start to trust our bodies, we can listen and understand what they need. So this is such a great reminder for me, especially all the time, but especially right now as I'm getting older and my body is changing and it can't do the things that it used to could do, can do other stuff, But I noticed on my walk yesterday that my knee was hurting and my foot was hurting and I just was acknowledging it and trusting that my body is going to shift and change and it's going to be okay and I will shift and change with it. So I am really, really happy to have a guest today. She comes highly recommended from another person who's been on this podcast a few times. And her name is Wendy, and she's going to talk to us about trust, trusting your body, trusting yourself, and what she does in the world to sort of make that happen, not only for herself, but for her clients that she works with. So hello, Wendy. Hello. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about what you do and how you use this idea of trust in your work.
1: I'm a body positive personal trainer. I've been doing this for about 10 years. And that wonderful person that you were talking about, Emily, was my very first client who put her trust in me. And she is my client today. So it's been nine years since I've been working with her. And she's helped me with some guidance on this journey. But really, I guess just life experience has helped me more so on this because I ended up having to trust myself more and trust my body more. But because of diet culture and fat phobia and weight bias, they have basically taught us how to doubt our bodies and that it has to look a certain way or be a certain way in order to be healthy. So we're always striving for this impossible concept and it creates trauma because whatever anybody has experienced, but also experiences disconnect from your body too. And so then it could be a vicious cycle. It gets into emotional and physical trauma. And then what I do is I help people both physically and emotionally help people learn body trust again when it comes to movement because of outside factors such as social media, the medical industry, and even the fitness industry. They say one way is the only way, and it's it's not one size fits all when it comes to bodies, period.
0: I agree. I used to dance. You know, I used to be very much more involved in quote unquote exercise forever and ever and ever. It was all really, the main thing was how you looked. That's what we were going for. Not feeling stronger, feeling healthier. Those things were there, but that wasn't the impetus. The impetus was lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. Look good naked. I can remember my favorite yoga studio came out with an advertisement, look good naked. And that was the last time I went there. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you guys are going a different way. (laughs) Not that everybody doesn't look good naked or whatever. Who cares? Why are we talking about this in yoga class? You know, really? Really? So anyway, the point is I'm trying to make is that I am so grateful that there are people like you working in this field of just let's get into how your body works or how it can work or what do we need to do to make it work a little better or make you feel a little better or whatever. It's about health, not looks.
1: And I try to even too, I try to teach tools that they can use so that they could trust themselves and like they've learned these tools, they could keep them in their pockets so that if they're working from home or working from the office and something starts to happen, they have those tools that they can participate in and then they could reset and go back and attack whatever they they were having a hard time tackling at the time. Because even myself, like Zoe, speaking of which, we were spreading my dad's ashes this weekend. And we were going to where my parents got married, and she was pulling me. And then my calf started to, I have a huge knot in my calf, but my little handy pocket tools. I have an amazing massage therapist guy, and I reached out to him. He happened to have an opening, but I have those people that I trust that can help me. Just because I have something going on with my calf doesn't mean that I still can't do things to better how my body reacts to it or acts to it so having that support system of people you trust as well with your body because there's a lot especially living in a larger body we've had so many people create distrust like I still don't trust my doctors but having those ones that I have a chiropractor and my massage therapist they both I can go to them and they can help quote-unquote Fix me for the time being, but at least help release any muscle tension or issues that I am currently having so that I could still continue along my journey. I know it's not a setback, I just know it's a detour.
0: I love that. I love that. And I'm thinking about this not trusting your doctors, especially about health or or weight or whatever. Like, unless I have cancer or something, I'm not going to get weighed. Because there's just no reason to. I'm an adult. I'm not losing or gaining weight, really. I'm not ill. I'm fine. All my numbers are great. So there's no reason. You might as well just check my foot size, I think.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. Like, of course, I have Kaiser and Kaiser sucks. And like with my OBGYN, I know there's certain things that are going on with my body because I'm at that age where I'm going through the wonderful stages of menopause that we don't like to talk about. And I was asking her, I'm like, I wanted to get a baseline of my hormone levels because I also know my hormone levels. This is me trusting my body. I don't, just like you, I don't go unless I necessarily have to. And I know that there's something going on with my hormone levels. So I went out a network, I got my blood work done and it comes back and I'm estrogen dominant and I barely have any progesterone or testosterone. So before I asked my doctor to get a baseline of my hormone levels and she said, Oh, we don't do that. We treat the symptoms. We don't really do blood tests. So like example, if you're just feeling fatigued, they may just treat the fatigue. Or if you're having any type of moodiness, they'll just put you on antidepressants or mood stabilizer. Or if there's weight gain, of course, what are they going to tell you? Lose weight. But yet, I'm not diabetic. High cholesterol runs in my family. So I talked to my mom about that over the weekend. And my grandmother had it and my mom had it. But as long as she's on medicine, it's completely normal. And my general practitioner, she's like, it has nothing to do with weight. So I trust her a little bit more than my OB. And I even expressed to my OB, like, I'm in a recovery from an eating disorder. I have ADHD and depression. I'm an athlete. Like... I work out five days a week and I'm still a size eighteen twenty. Like I'm 347 pounds. The only reason why I know that is because in the sport that I do, they have to weigh us, but I didn't get triggered. This is the first time I never got triggered for weighing myself. And it's because I know I'm healthy. I know that I'm doing activities, but I also know that my hormones are battling against me. and so. Unfortunately, today, what we have to do is we have to be our own advocate. And so I'm also one person who I know if I'm going through this, my clients are going through this. So I'm basically my test dummy, so to speak, where I will put myself through stuff so that therefore I have a clear path for somebody who else is going through this. For example, let's say if one of my clients were having these same exact issues, I would recommend stuff that has worked for me that may possibly work for them. And so whether it's also just finding ways of like, oh, okay, this actually helped me. So I don't know if a lot of people know this, but once people that will experience menopause, once they reach the age of 35, that's when muscle mass and bone density start to decline. Drink training and protein are super important, which they don't talk about. They just automatically will be like, oh, well, you are suffering from anxiety. So let's go ahead and put you on an antidepressant. Or they don't check their thyroid levels either. And so they're just putting band-aids on everything versus let's see the root of the problem that could just completely help people. And I feel like, If it was, and I don't mean to bring gender into this, but if I was a man saying these same symptoms, they would take me seriously. I
0: know. There was a great article in the New York Times a couple months ago. I sent it to Emily. She might have sent it to you, but I'll find it and send it to you. But it was like, what if a man came into your office and said these things? I wake up sweating at night. My mood is all over the place. I'm really, really hungry, and then I'm not hungry at all. I'm not even eating hardly anything, and I gain a bunch of weight all around my middle. Uh, I'm so fatigued in the afternoon. Just this whole litany of how it feels to go through perimenopause and then menopause, all these symptoms over and over and over. They said they would have had this figured out years and years ago.
1: Oh, yeah. The first thing that they would do is check their testosterone levels and go, oh, you have no testosterone. Oh, wow. Right. If it's something that easy to, like,
0: balance hormones. Well, no. I mean, that's why they didn't do any medical testing or medicine testing on women for so long is because their hormones were all over the place and they couldn't get a baseline on People, unless they were a certain age. And even then, during the month, you know, it would change. So it was like too wiggly and they didn't want to do it. So they didn't want to deal with it. Now they do. But I was thinking about this thing about an actual medical facility that says, we really don't test for that. And it's sort of like, why not? Because that could be fixed, I think, pretty easily.
1: feel <laughs> that. They're so conservative in, I think, because maybe, I don't know, I know rumor has it is that they're not supposed to address weight loss as a prescription anymore, or at least they're supposed to look at other factors. And then you would think, though, that an OBGYN who is also a cis woman that would be like, oh, yes, please let me help you. But of course, the first instant of them looking at me is, oh, well, you need to lose weight.
0: If you would like to have a weekly newsletter that has some information about recovery or what people are doing in the world or what I'm doing in the world, and just information about how to recover and what to do and how do we have faith and trust and love and openness to our own selves, you can go to my website at itsnotaboutfood.com. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media,
1: One Media. When you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed.
0: My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. Storygram Network.
1: I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my
0: own eating disorder recovery.
1: I've been with the Peer Ed program for over a year.
0: I've been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate
1: teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an
0: opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, and I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never I learned. Appreciating
1: your body through its ups and downs, navigating diet culture, and learning about
0: intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. My business partner, Carol Normandy, and I founded it in 1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer-to-peer, student-to-student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously. Thank you. It's obvious. It's obvious yes. as soon as you walk in the, yeah. So this is what we're going to say that anybody over, I don't even know what would be the cutoff for somebody, but it doesn't matter that you're an athlete, you work out five days a week and you're a trainer. It doesn't matter. And you have a lot of information that none of that matters. It's only about what you look like. And it's that old thing of if you're thin, you're healthy. And if you're not thin, you're not healthy, which is not true. At all. There's plenty of people who are thin that are not okay. Plenty of people that are not thin that are healthier than anybody else on their block.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just also like one of my clients is 72, and they just recently came out with a study that intentional weight loss in the elderly can increase their mortality rate. And I sent that to her, and she's been wondering why. She's been having issues, and it's because I believe it's the intentional weight loss. So it's affecting her muscle mass and her bone density. And she's broken her ribs, her hip, and her wrist. And so she's been having a really hard time. So that's where I come in, and I'm trying to talk to her about eating more protein and trusting her body more that she is capable of doing some of these things that appear to be hard. I also have another gentleman who is also 72 who had a double knee replacement and we get stuck in the fear that we lose that connection with our body. And we think that because it's hard, that it's impossible. And so trusting your body and knowing what it's capable of is part of where I come into play to one, get to know your body again, basically from scratch Starting with gentle movements such as stretching, because then you could really notice progression, right? It's not a before and after. It's how we measure progress, is how your body feels. So, for example, if I asked you to stretch today, you would probably feel it from where you felt it in your walk yesterday. Then, if you continue to practice stretching throughout the week, you would then notice, oh, wow, it doesn't hurt where it did before. Now I'm actually feeling a lot more relief. I feel better than I did a week ago.
0: I really noticed it. I was in Spain in Sevilla in May and that is a walking town. It's too complicated to drive a car anywhere in that little city at all. So you just get up and walk and you walk everywhere and you walk all day and you walk until you finally fall into bed at 10 o'clock at night after you've eaten a big meal. (laughs) But the streets are, a lot of times, they're marble and or concrete, so there's no cushion at all. And we both said, my husband and I both said, we're so happy to, by the time we got down to the ocean, to the beach, to be walking on sand because it's so much softer, (laughs) It was hard to walk that many steps all day, although I don't count steps, but that much walking on these really heavy-duty stone streets. You just don't normally do that. You know, I hike around here, but I'm hiking in the woods and stuff like that, not maybe on a path, but not on a slab of marble that's the whole city. Yeah. <laughs> But you're right, we had to stretch. We had to stretch before then. We had to stretch the next morning before we even went out. And that was like a little light bulb that went off in both of our heads, you know, that maybe we should do this because we're not used to doing this all the time, every day walking miles and miles.
1: And that's one of the things that I recommend is doing a little bit of it's called a dynamic warm up, where it's a um, burst of two to three seconds worth of movement to get that blood flowing The muscles a little bit more relaxed and nice and warm so that when you do go out and you take your walk, you're able to not feel it right away. And then if you are feeling it in the middle of your walk, just take some time, find some place to sit or lean up against a tree and just do some of that stretching again throughout your walk. Therefore, then you can just keep on trucking along.
0: Yes, I agree with you. And this all comes back to what we're talking about, is to have trust in your body. Because what filled my head first, even though I've been recovered from an eating disorder and body hatred for a very long time, it's still like a little ticker tape across my mind. And it'll say, well, the reason why you feel like this is because you're so old. The reason why you feel like this is because you're out of shape. The reason why you feel like this, you're fill in the blank. You're not a very good person. I mean, this still goes through my head. I don't listen to it anymore. I don't get on the train anymore. And if it's happening to me and I have the recovery I have, I just know my clients that don't have this many years of recovery, they'll get caught on one thing. Well, I think it's because I'm getting older. I think, you know, blah, blah, blah. I need to lose a little weight. It's always about that. Even people who have been in recovery from years, will say, well, I think I need to lose a little weight. It's like, well, why do you need less of you in order to feel better? Not really understanding that one.
1: <laughs> well, I think I get that too. I get, I just feel better at that size. I think that's just what we are conditioned to think equals better. It's no, well, right now you are where you are at today. So let's take it from today and get you just comfortable in your body today that you were at, that you felt better at this time. We can make you feel better, if not even better right now, because you're going at it and like a whole new mindset. And that's the one thing that I also am a huge advocate for is taking everything as a learning experience versus As regret, or I should have, or I should have done that. Let's scratch that. How did you feel? We can control how you feel, right? A person can control how they feel. So, therefore, that's the only thing you can hold yourself accountable for. I even try with my eating disorder, or like my clients who are in recovery from an eating disorder, I ask them, like, okay, well, how does food make you feel? Like, I know we're not talking about diet here, but I'm asking, how does food make you feel? When you are tired at two o'clock in the afternoon, try eating an apple. It may be you're hitting a wall. You don't need caffeine. You probably need food. And so getting into that body trust again of honoring your hunger signals is another huge
0: thing that is very hard for people to do. And trust. Of course, that we're the drive through culture. So you hit that wall, I better drive through, get a giant coffee drink and and a pastry, and then wonder why I feel worse in an hour. You know, everybody's body is different, and that probably works for a lot of people. It just doesn't work for me. But I know that if I will accept, okay, my legs are so tired, let's review You've been walking around on marble all day long. So maybe that's why. So, what can you do? Well, maybe I sit down and have a snack somewhere. Or what's wrong with going back to the room and laying down for 15 minutes? What do you think you're going to miss on that one? <laughs> you know, so I'm still, even if I am in a different country, I'm still myself. I still can take care of myself we're just not taught this. I was not taught this as a child. I was taught to just to go until you just died, I guess.
1: <laughs> I feel you. Cause like even my mom, she's in her late seventies and oh my gosh, this woman goes and doesn't sit down till like eight or nine o'clock sometimes. I can't do that. My brain clocks off when my last client is done. (laughs) And I go go straight to my couch. My couch comforts me. And I just, I sit with my dogs and my husband and I'm able to decompress after the day from being on Like I'm also a hundred percent transparent with my clients. So if I am having a bad day, I'm starting to be able to trust myself more to be a hundred percent honest with myself and with them. And it's actually been working out to where they're like, oh, I totally know what you're talking about. Like, absolutely, self-care is just as important for you as it is for us.
0: It's so true. So I wonder, we have just a few minutes before I know you have to go. How can people get a hold of you? And I'm assuming that you're working over Zoom. I do work over Zoom. So I also, because I'm not busy enough, besides
1: doing personal clients, and semi-private clients. I also created an online platform so that people can also go. And we have different instructors. We have Pilates. We have a few new people coming on board for July. But right now we have my chiropractor, Dr. Anika. Myself, I do functional fitness. We have two Pilates, accessible Pilates instructors. We have Coach Damali, who is a accessible kettlebell instructor, and we have Karen, who is just starting out with us from the UK, who is accessible yoga. And so it's called Joyful Inclusive Movement, aka Gym. We're reclaiming the movement spaces from diet culture, fat phobia, and weight bias. And I didn't even realize when I created it that. It was a play on gym at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things. I was on the phone with the editor and she's, Oh, that's so great. It's a play on gym. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it is. So we're reclaiming it, rebranding it on what every gym should be like. And so here's that. We have every monthly talks with our members. So if somebody's having a hard time, we can help them with their movement journey, create a little bit more body trust with them.
0: And how do they get a hold of that?
1: It's joyfulinclusivemovement.com and they could sign up for a seven-day trial and then it rolls over into a monthly or yearly membership, whatever they pick. And they have a library of on-demand videos that they could do anytime when it's convenient for them. So, great. And we're slowly growing. We don't have any corporate backing or anything. It's basically whatever I can do to get funding to make this project happen and then having a team that completely believes in the mission. And so that's been pretty great. Beautiful. And then if you want to work with me personally, my jam with two Ms rocks. Great. <laughs> My joyous and captive
0: momentous movement. Fabulous. I wonder if you would read that last part of the card, which starts with today, I will.
1: Today, I will practice trusting my body completely to tell me what it needs. I will trust it to tell me if I'm hot or cold, hungry or full, tired or energetic, at ease or uncomfortable. I will listen to its signals and sensations. I will respond to what it needs.
0: Yeah, that's a great thing to read every day, isn't it?
1: Yes. Like, and I feel like we talked about that in all aspects.
0: Yeah. I was a waitress when I was younger, and I was a hairdresser for a long time. And I would wait until I was about to burst before I would pee. So I would do the same thing with eating, I would do the same thing with sleeping, I would do the same thing with water. <laughs> you know, I just lived in my head. I've just got to do one more thing or go somewhere, one other thing. I can't rest yet. I can't release yet. To trust my body that it really does need to pee was really one of my main things.
1: <laughs> yes, I was right there with you. And my therapist helped me Was saying, Wendy, that is self-care. You have to. Yes. It is a
0: Right.
1: Don't right. feel shame from having to go to the bathroom. And that really took a lot for me, too, because... I was also in the restaurant business for over twenty years, and then even to like being on all the time and having to teach class or a session or whatnot. Like taking that time to go to the bathroom, I felt that I was doing my people a disservice. So I would hold on to it, and then like you know, almost pee in my pants, and then. Doing. go and I'm like pee. and
0: they're like go. <laughs> go I know and it's like that's why there's so many problems with people as they get older urinary tract problems because we didn't listen for so long and it's so I'm getting back at you now then <laughs> And where a lot of people say
1: I don't drink a lot of water so I don't have to go to the bathroom all the time.
0: Oh. Your body will activate to your
1: water so please drink your water
0: right exactly. Well, it's the same as, well, I'm not going to eat so that I don't have any weight on me. It's like, well, then you don't get to live.
1: (laughs) Or I don't eat because I don't want to be hungry. And it's your body's telling. You need it.
0: So true. I am so blessed that you came on the show today. I really appreciate it. I so appreciate Emily turning me on to you and you're great. Just all your services are so wonderful. And just love talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'd love to do this again. There's a lot to talk about. Let's do it. Okay. Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find me on all the social medias at It's Not About Food. And if you would like to get the show a week early and ad-free, you can become a member at Patreon. Search It's Not About Food podcast. Thanks so much.